Hello and welcome to Vet Chloe on the Road. Insights from real people making positive change for our planet. I am Chloe, a veterinarian who has an interest in wildlife and all things environmental. And this is a show for people who would like to connect, learn, and prioritize caring for our beautiful green and blue world. Come join me as I travel around Australia in my van, Layla. Let's share all things conservation and meet all the inspiring environmental heroes along the way. And on today's episode, a bit of a surprise at being on a Sunday, and I apologize for the delay. Thank you for understanding. It was a bit tricky to get a podcast up while I've been traveling these massive distances down the west coast of Oz to now be in Perth. And I'll be starting my two-month vet locum placement here tomorrow, Monday. So I cannot explore and enjoy the natural beauty of Australia without getting the Indigenous Australians' perspective on it all and learning more about their view of the natural world. There's much we can learn. The Indigenous Australians have been here in Australia for over 60,000 years, the oldest continuous culture on the planet. Listen in as I have a candid chat with a new friend I made, Brendan Cook a local Indigenous Australian whose tour I did in his land, the Wakatuni community, just outside of the mining town Tom Price in the Pilbara region, which is northwest of Western Australia. We spoke about his history, the issues with native title, why he prefers the term Indigenous instead of Aboriginal, and more on the Indigenous way of life and advice on how we can look after the land. Apologies for the car engine in the background. It all adds to the ambiance we were interviewing on the fly. But now, time to listen in. Hope you enjoy. So welcome to the show, Brendan. Thank you for being here. My pleasure and honor. <laughs> so we're having cups of tea as we drive into town to have a meal together. <laughs> yes. Um, this is an unusual way for me to interview, but that's fabulous. Um, thank you for meeting me on sh- such short notice and for the lovely tour we just had in your land. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, okay. Um, My father's side, got quite a bit of mix there. Yes. As I was telling you earlier on, I Mm -hmm. had some DNA tests done, saliva tests. Yeah, Through the um, University of Copenhagen. Right. Those tests come back, father's side being unbroken male all the way through going back to 65 to 70,000 years possible. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Unbroken blackfellow. <laughs> unbroken. Yeah. Black male. Yes. So got a little bit of mix there because my dad's mum she had a Frenchman father. His right. name was Bedford Delaporte. I was tracking that name in the English. I couldn't find it. Yes. So 2006, I think it was, 2007, I was sitting in uh, Israel. Wow. Next to a big gold menorah. Frenchman sitting alongside me. And we got talking. Yes. And I said, I'm trying to track this name, Delaporte. And he goes, oh, Delaporte. <laughs> so Delaporte is like a port or a door. Right. Like, so, um, yeah, it's French. It is French. So I found out my Nana's father's side. Her mum actually was full blood. Right. And she was a Gurma lady. Yep. 
from the good of my country, so say Tom Price. Yes. Um, where, where I stay in the community at Wakadini, that's actually Inawanga country. These names are so interesting, and we were discussing how names are also very important. Um, it's sort of a symbol of recognition and respect. Yeah. yeah. So my great grandfather on my father's side, he was a chief yes. for the Inawanga people. Wow. My grandfather comes along, and he's a chief again. But he also picks up the Bunjima chieftainship as well. When my father comes along, because of his mum's background, yes, and her line, bloodline, is a old wagon. One of my great grandfathers, he actually saw this Mount Tom Price. Yes. The original name for Mount Tom Price is Wadgaduni. 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 Yes. <laughs> So Wadgaduni is a little rock wallaby, and he laughs like a human. So right. Wadgaduni is that little rock wallaby. Yes. Duni is laugh. Right. Lovely. So, and he actually got a song, what we call a bulgabi. Yes. And that's a song from the land. So remember I was telling you about them little hairy fellas? Yes, the spirits. The, the spirits. We call them malangu. Yes. They're little hairy fellas, six fingers, are six they toes. They're <laughs> a bit like the leprechaun. <laughs> and are they bad, they bad spirits? They're bad and good. Okay. But generally bad. Okay. So, before I leave that one alone, in my understanding of the Word of God, which the European ancestors brought to us, the yeah. Word of God, I can find it through the Word of God that they are fallen angels. So, right. the revelation that I have of them, what sort of spirits they are, they've fallen angels. Right. So, just wanted to touch with that. So yeah. he actually got this song now, Bulgabi. He actually seen it in a vision. It may have come from the Creator yet. Yep. Um, I just sort of jumped in that with them little malangos. But it possibly our Creator gave him that vision. Yes. And in that vision he saw Mount Tom Price, yep. Wadgaduni, being blown up, actually blown really? up. Right. And he saw that they were loading these, the rocks onto this big snake as he put it. Uh -huh. So in his song he's singing about the hill getting blown up, Wadgaduni getting blown up, and all the rocks, the rubble, they were loading onto this snake. And this snake went taking this through the land to the sea. Yeah. So that's in the Bargabi, ah. the song. Songs are very important, aren't they, for carrying stories and history? That's right. Yeah. So we uh, never wrote it, we passed it on verbally. Okay. So he was, uh, he was the last of the Gurama chiefs. And he actually gave that responsibility, that inheritance to my father mm -hmm. for the Burma side. Right. And traditionally, you would have inherited that chief responsibility, but things have changed since then. I actually inherited it. Yes. In 2002, on 
my veranda there, where all that rocks are in a formation around. Uh-huh. On that veranda, a group of men. It was a man's meeting. All the old people, my old uncles and grandfathers. There was a number of them. But my grandfather, he was a Gurama Bunji, my old fella. Mm-hmm. Spoke it out. And he said to us, Hey, Abby, I think you know what I'm going to tell you. And in the spirit I did. He said, you know, all this land, all this country belongs to you and your father. Yeah. You are our chief. So it spoke to you. It was spoken to us then, so it was handed to me. Right. Before that, they used to tell me as growing up, all the old people used to tell me. But this was the fruition of it, the actual handing of that responsibility okay. to us. Yes. So chieftainship, you know, we tribal people. Yes. Tribal is kingdom people. Okay. So... Yeah, it's great to understand, and you can really explain it simply to us because um, it's lovely to understand it from your side. Yeah. Traditional law and, I guess, these relationships of the mob and how, you know, it should should operate. Yeah. Um, well, in the Word of God, our Creator's Word that brought to us through the English, yeah. the French and the Portuguese, but um, in this land it's the English had that privilege and honour. And um, in our Creator's word to us, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given unto you. I just received that reading about a day ago. Yep. Again. And as you will have picked up, Brendan is actually a religious Christian man who also has indigenous beliefs, and this is not unusual. We spoke about this separate to what was recorded here, but he has a lovely view that all religions speak the same message, and he is grateful for the English in bringing the word of Christ to Australian shores. Christianity has influenced indigenous spirituality in many ways since missionaries taught the indigenous people the Bible, I believe Brendan's father having been in the missionary himself. Interestingly, the Christian beliefs are not in opposition with the beliefs about the dreaming, the indigenous view on creation, they can be mixed, and I have a link in the show notes more about this if you're interested. So when you think about kingdom, kingdom is the micro of kingdom, it's one singular family. Yes. Because you and your little family, you are the queen, your husband's the king, yeah. and you have your children. Yes. So you don't go to them, okay, son, daughter, we're going to vote on going to this place today. Yes. You and your partner, working together, come to an agreement. Yes. And you go and take your children wherever you decide. Yes. So as a partnership, the king's really king or chief. Responsibility as a head family is to look after the family. But they, um, that it's a partnership. Unfortunately, he has that responsibility. Yep. It's a God-given responsibility. So you're born in line. Yep. So wherever you're born in line, if you're born the eldest, then you've got a heap of responsibility. Yes. But 
you're in the middle or the younger, you're free. <laughs> <laughs> so you were born into great responsibility. <laughs> great responsibility. Yes, yes. And this day and age, because of native title, they don't recognise that because money is involved. Yes. And the way that they wanted us to do business, yes. which is in the demonocracy. Or <laughs> As you say, demonocracy, yes. Yes, well, it's uh, been very divisive and uh, the, yes. the big mouth or the forceful bullying people can get their way. Again, another hopefully helpful interjection here. Native title, what is this? The definition found on a website I have referenced in the show notes is Native title recognizes the traditional rights and interests to land and waters of Aboriginal people, but viewed from and recognized by the Australian legal system. It goes on to say, You can think of native title as a bridge between customary Aboriginal laws, which have existed for many thousands of years, and white Australian laws defined and observed by the invading British people. It can get confusing because native title and land rights are often used synonymously. While native title is an entitlement to land, it does not cover the rights to that land. Sounds crazy to me. Again, I'm a bit out of my depth here. I learn as I go with you on these podcasts. So if you let me read a bit more so we can follow Brendan on this issue, um, I will. Just to be clear, what I am reading is from the website creativespirits.info, which is from the Anti-Native Title Act Indigenous point of view. The Native Title Act was originally made to resolve recognition of Aboriginal people's ongoing connection with their land, but as more and more Native Title cases take many years, sometimes decades, to be resolved in courts, critics of the Act ask the Australian government to review and amend it. The Act has caused division within Aboriginal communities because it's often misunderstood and mostly fails to include the Aboriginal perspective. It deals with Aboriginal people's rights to land and waters, but on white terms, that do little to advance Aboriginal rights. One of the toughest requirements of the Act is that claimants have to be able to prove a continuity of traditional laws and customs on the land being claimed since European settlement. Uh, Many say native title is a weak form of title. And can you explain in simple terms for our listeners native title and what that means? Native title is pretty well daylight robbery. Why I say that? Because me as an Australian citizenship, I have more rights than me having native title. Hmm. And you think, how? Because through native title, I'm actually agreeing that every other right is before me. Okay. So it's a bunch of rights to hunt, fish, gather, camp. It's pretty well the same rights that we have as Australian citizens. Yes. But to the lesser degree, as we bow down to every other right. Gotcha. And people can choose for native title? And what are the benefits that they see? Government playing a game. So we had to play this game because we are trying to understand native title. And when it was first brought to us, we stood on our law system that God give us. So we were standing in that kingdom system. Mm-hmm. And you never really heard about chiefs mm-hmm. in the blackfellow. I'll say blackfellows. I don't really like the term or indigenous. 
I like that term. I don't really like Aboriginal. Yes, it's good to... We had a discussion about that, didn't we? Because um, the word Aboriginal has certain connotations, doesn't it? Maybe yeah. abnormal and... <laughs> that's right. That's why I don't really like it. Because yeah. what were they implying? I, I'm not abstract from being original. I am the original. Yes. So... So indigenous. I'm not abnormal. Yeah. So, so what was that really meaning? What were they really meaning there? Yes. And, you know, we understand it as today as Australian Aboriginals or yes. an Aboriginal person being a person from that land, the original people. Yep. So indigenous is a better word, which is good for us to understand the sensitivities of it because we're all trying to be respectful and words can hold a lot of meaning without knowing. Um, and I guess you refer to yourself as black fella. I'm but a, yeah, I'm a black fella. I'm, I'm a <laughs> But can, can we use that, or is it more internally? Because oh, you're a white fella. <laughs> exactly. Or a white lady. It's well, truth. So what? It's funny, isn't it? Because um, I find that you almost balk at using the word white black, but it's it's okay if you're not if it's not a loaded word to you it's just a descriptive word you know i am a white fella (laughs) white lady lady. (laughs) um no we have talked about so many interesting things today um so for native title just going back to that was there anything else you wanted to add yes uh native title because of the definition and the platform that we have as native title, it gives us a right to negotiate with mining companies or yes. business in general, but it doesn't give us solid ground to negotiate on. Okay. It gives us false ground or sinking sand to negotiate. Right. And just what I touched on earlier the mining because of us agreeing to through the native title process we're actually saying yes we are the native people of this land we are the originals but we bow down to every other right that comes over the top of us so you're really voluntarily through enacting yourself or going through that process of native title. And I guess these are bowing down to kind of the right for equality, really, because you gave the example of your land from your people is being mined and only 0.5% is being paid back to the community, whereas it normally should be higher, you know, at least 10% or... A higher percentage, yeah. That's correct. So that's an example. So again, I'll come back to biblical terms. Yes, yeah. And the why, why I do that is because that's what brings us together. Why we sit here now. Yes. Why Australia? Why Australia is in Australia because of <laughs> Christianity yeah. and the Word of God. Yeah, you gave me a good question. You said, what has brought us here today to have this chat? And um, I was thinking more short term, but thinking back more long term, what's brought us here, I, you're correct in saying Jesus Christ and the UK trying to spread their their kingdom and spreading the word. 
the light and that was all part of the source trying to do good is that correct maybe you describe it differently <laughs> yes uh, but that's correct you're yeah right. you're on the right track yes <laughs> uh, so it was the spirit of god that guided them yep because he's our creator's main purpose and main drive for it all he wants to be with us here on this earth he wants yes. he wants to give us eternity which we were created for in the beginning yep but because of sin at that time sin is a disobedience to the laws of our creator yep that we fell into decay yeah dying so death came through our disobedience to our creator yep we are created so magnificent and we pretty well were created to live for eternity yeah but sin disobedience have brought us into this place where we need to now find our creator through his messages that he sent him, sent through his different prophets mm. different peoples through the world it's it's interesting and such a loving inclusive perspective you have on how it's not exclusive you know the teachings of Jesus Christ can um, be of the same as indigenous people's culture and they all go back to the same source is that how you describe it yes yeah we are all one red blood one red blood one one big family you were saying before it's not aboriginal history it's human history i think that's such a healing way to think about the planet and our earth yes um, we need to start to respect one another yes if we look back in history and for truth truth righteousness will guide us into true justice and that's the love of one another now love is not one word love is a word that is three parts mm -hmm. to me those three parts are respect mm -hmm. that's one big part of our original people's laws respect yes. respect so respect one another care for one another share with one another okay so them three words in their wholeness come back to love yeah because love is without one of them it's not love yeah in its full essence yep <clears throat> so once we can connect all them three principles that make up love we'll have perfect love yeah perfect world perfect world yeah and health and you know that's what's lovely chatting with you because I have been traveling around the country I have been experiencing 
all the beautiful wildlife and environments and that's the purpose behind my podcast it's a wildlife conservation motivated show but I realized that we have to look after one another enable to enable us to look after the planet and the world we all share and I think from having spent this afternoon with you and our discussions um, I really wanted to get an indigenous perspective on how you treat the land because I think we can learn a lot from you and probably those three things respect care and share um, we need to prioritize <laughs> because um, it can be quite depressing um, all this pollution and species becoming extinct and loss of habitat and you know awful things like almost losing the koalas which I feel is you know they, they all have spirit and they all have a certain strength that we need to keep on this world we've just arrived into town um, <laughs> exactly so to be continued <laughs> So now we're in the pub. <laughs> First time I've been in here for a while. <laughs> we're in the disco, so that's okay. We're not in the rowdy bar. No, that's right. No, we're just getting a pizza. Um, so I, I kind of touched on it at the end of our drive into town, which is being around the country, you know, I can't not experience Australia and the land without getting an Indigenous perspective on it all. I guess what I like about the Indigenous culture is this sort of respect for land and connection to land which I feel that we've lost and that is contributing to the fact that we're not looking after the earth and we are seeing um, the loss of it and what can we learn from the indigenous people and their connection to land. And so now here we are back in the car continuing the conversation with that question. Because you generally hear people always talk about respect. Yes. Respect one another, respect your elders, respect the land. So, them other two that they're missing out on, caring and sharing, yes, would bring that fullness, yes, of what they really need. That's love. Now if you took that symbol of a triangle, a triangle is a stronger, one of the strongest shapes in the world. Yes. So the principle of those three words make up love. It's like our body, soul and spirit is a triangle that makes us the land and nature? It's 
life. So it sustains you. If you look after it, you respect it. It'll look after you and respect you. Yes. Now, we look at the land as our mother. The land is our mother. Yes. Yeah. So this is our core principle right through all of Blackfellas, Indigenous peoples, Aboriginal peoples, right through the world. Yeah. They understand that. Because you respect that land, it respects you. It's, it's life. Yeah. It's not dead. You think that stone there is dead, but that, that stone actually is alive. It's a spirit. Has it? Yeah. It's a wonderful perspective because I think there's a lot, a lot to it, and a lot that we can learn from it. And we had a beautiful walk in your country, in your land. How do you say it again? The name? Um, my land is my Yulung. Okay. Yulung. Yulung. And how would you describe it for for listeners? How would you describe what it looks like? The so the Yulung, my land is my mother. Yes. Comes back to that principle. Okay. But it's a beautiful land, isn't it? It's got mountains in the background. It's sort of scrub and rock. Especially my land here now, my Yulu. Yes. My mother. <laughs> yes. She is rough, rugged beauty. She's a rough, rugged beauty, that's for sure. Then you go into different other lands, it's more softer, more yes. gentle. So uniqueness of our mother is right through the world in each tribe you'll see it as you go through the land when the next tribe comes in that land changes so it's not the same all the way each, yes. each tribal land people in their different lands that land is different and unique yeah. to them and us because we haven't got the same plans the country doesn't look the same yes like us as people, we all uh, different beauty yeah. in us all. I guess what would your advice be, someone that has an indigenous background, for how we should treat our planet? Do you think we should change in a certain way or um, any advice? Brendan and I said goodbye, the sun had come down, the stars had come up, we really enjoyed each other's company um, and we squeezed in a little bit of stargazing at the end. Well, we've gone down, down too much now, but in this Milky Way, see the two pointers? Yes. 
And then the Southern Cross is just down on the horizon there. Yes. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Brendan, for your time this afternoon. It's been wonderful to get to know you and spend time with you and learn from you. And um, thank you for sharing on today's podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. I think this episode, more than any, is very precious and it makes me happy to be able to share it with you. What a wonderful time in human history, really, where Brendan and I can come together and share and learn from each other. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that it gave you an insight and understanding into a bit of Indigenous Australian culture, spiritualities, the issues faced, and that you felt you made a genuine friend in Brendan, too. I could have talked to him forever. I loved all his wise words and admire his loving heart, his sense of inclusiveness, the idea of a shared human history, us all being one family, how we must love by respecting, by caring, and by sharing, and treating our land as our mother. As always, check out the show notes for questions you may have from listening. Just simply scroll up in the podcast app or check out my website, vetchloe.com. The website and a past Insta Vet Chloe post has more pics of the rough, rugged beauty Brendan describes his motherland to be, and also the sacred grinding rocks and rock carvings Brendan showed me on his tours. They're interesting to have a look at. We had longer chats that were not captured in this interview. And I thought I'd add that Brendan has three sons, and one in particular is known for being a man of culture and is learning some of the indigenous languages that have been asleep. And it was him that found these sacred sites in the land that the tour was all about. And it is fitting, Brendan explained, because his son is very in tune with the land, and the land spoke and showed it to him. It would not do that to just anybody. I find it fascinating, this connection with the land that we all have, if we listen and it has things to tell us so if you like the show i'll be most grateful if you could tell a friend subscribe or rate and review on itunes it all helps next episode which will be on time every hump day morning i promise uh, since i am now here in perth let me give you a brief rundown on some of the amazing things i've experienced and learned in the last three weeks as I traveled on my own, my brother Oliver having to peel off for work, I miss him, but all about the natural world as I traveled from Darwin in Northern Territory down to now Perth in Western Australia, about 10,000 k's or 6,000 plus miles, uh, you don't want to miss it. Till then, stay kind and I'll see you at the next stop.